Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Central Youth Podcast. We exist to help students find and follow Jesus. Today you're listening to a message from our weekly Tuesday night gathering. We pray that it encourages your heart, and we hope that you enjoy the message. What up, guys? We are about to head into a very exciting season for our youth. We are going to do some things that we are just pretty much addressing what is going on, why we exist, kind of as a family, talking about our cultures that we carry. And this is an important one because at the end of the day, we all have things going on. We have sports, we have things with our family, outside events, whatever you could think of. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, we need one another. And this is something, culture pieces, something that we can draw near to to find rest, to find freedom, and to really just say, man, we're a family, and at the end of the day, this is three things that really bring us closer together, something that we can understand as friends and family. So we're going to dive into those three things, and I'm going to briefly briefly touch upon what those three things are, and we'll kind of go into greater teachings in in the next few weeks on what those things are. And so the three cultures that we will carry are this. The first culture piece is a culture of active love, and active love is just engaged in action. And so you can think of the life of Jesus, you can think of your life as an athlete, you have to actually put in the work and do the grind in order to see the results, right? And so active love is a part of that same kind of mindset. When we chase after God, there's things that we have to do in order for people to feel love, to see love, to hear love. And so this is just characterized by energetic work and participation. And really what it does is it causes activity or change, and it's capable of exerting influence. So think about the reality of that. You can see your high school change. You can see your school team change. And I love that in this kind of active lifestyle, we have to understand what the opposite of that is. The opposite of active is empty, meaning we're not doing nothing. We are not filled. We're not engaged. We're not people of action by any means. And I love the Bible, so we're always going to go to the Bible. But it says in the scriptures, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forget what he was like. So when we're hearing the word, we're not just sitting there listening it, taking it in, marinating in it only. We're actually being active in our walk with him. It's not a works-based faith, but it does require some action, right? And so the first thing that we are going to do as active lovers is see the need. And the Bible is very clear. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God lives, God's love lives in him? Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. And so our love needs to see that there's things, there's people on our campus hurting. Our friends, families are going through something. Think of that kind of reality of what is in front of you, what are the needs of your generation. And the second thing is simplicity is meet the need. And so Jesus, what he did when he heard He would withdraw from places, right? So the Bible says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat 
to a desolate place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from town to town. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was at evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The day is now over. Send the crowds away. Go into the villages and have them buy their own food. But Jesus said they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And so regardless of what was going on in Jesus' life, he, he could have used the rest. They're tired. It's been a long day. But Jesus says, let's meet the need of the people. Give them something to eat. And so active love responds when it sees a need. Active love steps into the reality of whatever, if it's uncomfortable, if it's inconvenient, if it's not a good time at all, we will still meet the needs of people. And how we do this is by repeating it daily with love. And so Jesus in John 15, 12 through 13, he says, This is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For this is the greatest love of all, is a love that sacrifices all. And a great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. And so active love is just that. It sacrifices, it meets needs, it sees needs, and it's, it's provoked in action. It's not sitting passively waiting for the right moment. It says, look, right here, right now, there's a need to be met, and I'm required because of the love that I've been given and the love that I've received to give that same thing to others. And so we will be a youth, a, 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 a central youth family that, that, that goes after active love in our daily life. The second thing that we will carry is a culture of affirmation. And affirmation is to declare something into existence. That's how we're defining it for our group. This is what we're meaning. I think of the story uh, in John 8 where Jesus uh, is coming to the temple and a woman caught in the act of adultery gets brought before him and all these guys are saying things against her. We're going to go into the story. We're going to learn a little, bit more, a little bit more about that. But I love this because they came to test Jesus, right? So they're like, Jesus, the law says that there's charges should be against this, this woman. And Jesus bends down and, and writes with his finger on the ground and they continue to ask him. And he stands up and he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. So the law required her to be stoned for what she did. And basically what happens is he, he bends down again. And when they heard Jesus say this one by one, they start, start dropping their stones and then the woman's left alone, standing before Jesus. And he looks at her, he says, Woman, where are they? Who Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. And go, and from now on, sin no more. See, there's a moment where Jesus is on the ground, drawing on the ground, and I don't know this to be facts or to be true. There's a lot of arguments and, and theological debates about what he was doing in this moment. But I always like to think that maybe perhaps Jesus was going back to that moment at creation when he's forming earth out of the dust. He's, he's forming man and woman out of the dust and, and just remembers that moment he created this woman. And you see a culture of affirmation, it speaks into the potential of someone else. It speaks into who they are, who they were designed to be and not the circumstance that they're currently in. You see, even, even if some things were true that were said about this woman, Jesus chose to love instead of judge. 
You see, affirmation speaks to the potential of a person, not the state of their being. It commands every lie spoken about that individual, and it produces life. So, so all those lies are gone, and the joy of the Lord, the, 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 the things that he spoke over that woman's life, is more seen than ever. It speaks into who God intended us to be. And so whether you are desiring to be an athlete or, or the next youth pastor or the president of the United States, we as a family are going to say, man, this is who God intended you to be. And we're going to encourage you in that. We're going to speak life into you. And our youth will continue to do that as we learn more about affirmation, what it means to affirm each other's hearts and dreams. And the last culture that we'll carry is a culture of family. And family is essentially just fellowship. That's the way we're defining it. And the word fellowship means much more than being together. It means having in common and probably refers to this sharing of material goods that was practiced in the early church. They, they, they were in one alike. They were in accord, right? And so that means they shared in all things. And so family, to me, it means that we're committed to each other daily. You see, that, that's a reality that you don't see too often. The Christians that you met in the, in the book of Acts were not just content to meet once a week for, for services as usual, you know. They met daily. They cared for each other daily. They won souls daily. They searched the scriptures daily and increased in number daily. And now I'm not saying we're going to be meeting in the youth room every single night from 7 to 9 o'clock. But what I am saying is that perhaps when we go home and we think of our friends, that we would pray for them, that we would ask God to come and be in the midst of our friends and, and the things that are going on throughout their week. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I just think of this reality of like, you're not in this alone. Like, sure, sure, you can go home and maybe we won't see each other every day. But the reality is, is that you got family fighting for you, praying for you, thinking about you, believing that you can change the world, believing that you have value, believing that you bring something. And to be honest, without you in the midst of our family, we will never see the fullness. And so the reality of that is that we long to be a culture of family, devoted to each other's dreams, devoted to each other's opinions, whether we agree or disagree, we would love each other regardless because true family looks at each other and, and they fight for one another. And they say, I don't have to understand your pain. I don't have to walk a mile in your shoes to believe in you, to, to care for you, to love you. And so in no particular order, we will be a culture of family. We will be a culture, we will carry culture of affirmation and we will carry the culture of active love. And so we're excited for the next few weeks to share with you as Jeremiah, Grace, and, and John Luke share in those three cultures of what we've, we are building here. So that if you come every week, at least you know these three things are there. Now these aren't the only cultures that we carry. These aren't the only 
way that we identify ourselves. There's many of things, cultures of faith, cultures of a servant heart, cultures of, of initiative and things like that. But these are three cultures that we feel, men, at the very least, you would know that we will go together and fight together, love together and affirm one another. And so we're excited for the next few weeks. Stay tuned. Enjoy. We know you guys are going to love it. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. To get more information about Central Youth, head over to centralsj.org. Click the connect button and check out the youth page.